Blog Talk Radio. Dante Show. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another round of the Dante Show with your boy, Dante Morrison. Here we are, Monday, June 18th, and wow, summer is swiftly approaching, but in L.A. It doesn't feel that way because we're going through June gloom right now, and it's like cloudy, it's like cold one minute and hot the next minute and all kind of do and whatnot. Folks don't know to wash their car, not wash their car. It's all kind of confusion and come fluttering. But whatever the case may be, we are all here alive, well, and blessed. So before I go any further, I want to thank everybody that came out last night and supported the Dante Show Sunday Night Live open mic event. It was an awesome time. We were at Little Belize at the city of Inglewood. My boy Errol Gillette, you know, and I, we do this on the third Sunday of every month, third Sunday of every month, the Dante Show and EJ, EG Ministries come together and do an open mic off the chain. It's R&B, gospel, jazz, reggae, hip-hop, the whole nine. So make sure you got us marked off next month. So next month on July, let me see, what's the day? I think it's July 15th. We're back at it again. So if you missed it last month, missed it the month before, Come on out um, to our July show. It's going to be fire, hot like fire, with, which what that month is all about. <laughs> all right. Also, if this is your first time listening to the Dante Show, make sure to join the conversation happening right now on my Facebook page. If you are on Facebook, go to my Facebook page, Dante Morrison, and you will see that the conversation has already begun. So the topic on tonight is do you spank your child or not? Spank your child or not? Spank your child or not? Some of y'all say no. Some of y'all say absolutely yes, but tonight that is our topic, all right? So buckle up and get ready because we're going to have some conversation. It's going to get a little spicy, going to get a little saucy, but it's going to be good information because, you know, parenting is something that, you know, everybody ain't ready for. Everybody's not ready to be no parent, but for all intents and purposes, people try try their best to do what they got to do. But tonight we're going to talk about is spanking a good form of discipline because, you know, some will – quote the Bible, you know, spare the rod, spoil the child, all that kind of stuff. But, hey, that may not be the best case, all right? So we also um, just want to just really build the community, help the community. We may have some tips and advice on how to better rear your child without running for the belt. You know, that may be heard on tonight. So just have an open mind and open ear. So while you are getting ready, while you're pouring your libation, whatever your libation be, whether it's milk, Hennessy, a beer, some water, a Pepsi, Sprite, I don't know, Get your libation together, and I'm going to cover some hot topics, and we're going to go on with the show on tonight. All right. So if you have not seen the MTV Musical Video Awards, Movie Awards, my bad, you've not seen it, you're in for a treat. My girl Tiffany Haddish is the host. So on the West Coast, we've already seen it. Well, it comes on at 9 o'clock on some people's TV, depending on your cable provider is. 
I've already watched it. Tiffany's opening um, monologue is phenomenal. It's great. Black Panther for life. Here we go. Wakanda forever. So just buckle up. Tiffany, I am so proud of her because she's in her lane. She's doing her own thing. She ain't trying to be nobody else. She is 100% Tiffany all the time. And we got to give anybody props that keep it authentic and keep it 100. She ain't trying to fit into nobody's box. She's just being Tiffany. <laughs> all right. So with that being said, watch MTV Movie Awards on tonight and just get ready for it. All right. So some of y'all may not know this, you know, Suge Knight's mother passed away on yesterday. You know, definitely condolences to him. You know, I don't I don't wish that on nobody. You know, your mom, if your mom is like my mom, your mom is your life. Your mom is your world. So his mother passed away, and as we all know, Suge is in jail. He's in jail. He's a homicide suspect awaiting trial for murder. So the big debate right now, uh, on so, well, not the biggest one on social media, but the a debate on social media is should Suge Knight be allowed to go and to his mother's funeral because, as it stands right now, the L.A. County Sheriff's Department is saying, no, you're not going to the funeral. You cannot go. That's the rules. That's the law. That's what we've ingrained. You don't get any special circumstances because you were a multimillionaire, okay? People are feeling some kind of way. they like, I don't care what you did, all the dirt, all the damage, all the lives, all the whatever. He still should be able to go see his, go to his mother's funeral because people only die once. That was a brilliant and genius statement. People do only die once, and he should be able to go. But if the law says you cannot go because you're a homicide suspect awaiting trial for murder, he's ineligible. He's ineligible to attend funerals. You know, that's the category that he falls under. I don't know what your thoughts are, but if you're on the Dante Morrison Facebook page, you know, just type a yay or nay, should should be allowed to go to his mother's funeral. You know, he's on he's in jail on trial for murder, legally it is saying no because you're in that category. You cannot leave for any situation, any circumstances. But folks are looking at like, oh, my God, it should not let him go. All right, so, hey, whatever. I don't have no I don't have no, no stake in that fight. It's whatever happens, happens, you know. But, again, condolences. I'm sure he's behind bars going through it right now, knowing that his mother has passed away. But I did hear that he did get to go and see her. Um, on her deathbed. I think they didn't let him go and visit her before she passed, but now she is gone and he cannot go to the funeral. And plus, you know, you know when, they, when people, inmates go to the funeral, you know the family pay for that. Some of y'all may not know, you may not have to be about that life or don't understand how that works. But if a person is in jail and they come out to go to a family member's funeral, you know, media family, the family has to pay for that. They got to pay for that security detail to monitor that individual. Okay, so that's that's what it that's what it's all about. That's how that works. You know, Kwame said if if, if the funeral is not out of the country, let him go. No, that's not how it works. He's awaiting trial for murder. He's a homicide suspect. He cannot go. Nobody else in that category is allowed to go. So that that's how that is. That's how that is. All right. All right. If you haven't heard this this other one, President Donald Trump. Uh, use a term from U.S. segregationist history to describe the relationship between the Air Force and his newest military branch, the Space Force, calling it separate but equal. Yep, you heard me right. President Donald Trump is now about to start the Space Force, and it is going to be added to our list of armed services. Who we're going to fight in space is yet to be determined. I don't know if there's stuff out there that they've been keeping secret that we don't know about, Area 51. We all saw Independence Day. We all saw Alien with Sigourney Weaver. You know, we saw Aliens Part 2, and that's the ones that actually did have 
the um, the Marines, fighting the aliens. So maybe that was a prelude to what's going on right now. We don't know. We we have no idea. We don't know. But President Donald Trump is now about to start the space uh, force. It will be the sixth branch of the armed forces, and that is a big step. I'm going to read you what he said verbatim. This is what he said. We must have American dominance in space. <laughs> I'm going to say that again for folks in the back. We must have American dominance in space. Very importantly, I'm hereby directing the Department of Defense and Pentagon to immediately begin the process necessary to establish the Space Force as the sixth branch of the armed forces. That's a big step. He said in a White House East Room during a meeting of his National Space Council on Monday. So for those of you who may not know, I'm a member of Kappa Lambda Chi, Military Fraternity Incorporated. Ah, ooh. <laughs> a lot of my locks are listening to the show right now. So, locks, does that mean that we now have to start recruiting on Mars, Venus, Uranus, Pluto, Mercury, Saturn? You know, I mean, can we start pulling brothers, you know, that are stationed out there? And, I mean, do we get to go to their crossing? I mean, when they cross, do we get to fly to space and, you know, go to all of that? I don't know what, what the Space Force entails. I'm not sure, but come on. Yeah, yeah my, my brother just said I'm about to take impact on a trip to Orion's belt. Open up the Lama Club. <laughs> the Lama Club on Orion's belt. I don't know what President Trump is talking about with the Space Force. Maybe y'all can explain it. You know, but I'm I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure where we're going with that. But hey, that's that's Donald Trump. He's not surprising any of us at this point with anything going on. Okay. All right. And then many of you probably have heard about this one. This young rapper, 20 years old. Um, I'm not really sure how to say his name. I think it's Extensation or something like that. Whatever the case may be, he was shot today in a parent drive-by. You know, so after I heard that he had got shot, I went and I listened to some of his music. Brother's not bad. He was not bad. You know, he had a, he had a decent little little sound, some nice little bop was going on. But um, it's unfortunate that the hip-hop and rap culture, you know, it's sometimes it gets so violent. You know, it just gets violent. We're killing people over bars, killing folks over lyrics. Now, granted, from looking at, um, you know, going to Wikipedia and researching this guy, he did have a lot of um, – brushes with the law, you know, did things, I think, a domestic violence with a female and some other um, stuff that was pending. But at the same time, you know, we're killing folks in the street. We're killing, killing folks, just killing folks. And it's amazing to me that that this brother is down in Florida, down in Florida, and he got we, – we shot and killed him in Florida, but George Zimmerman is still walking around free. So we know that it was somebody black that killed this young dude. You know, it, it was it was somebody black. It was probably somebody that's also in the hip-hop rap game. But George Zimmerman, who, who killed Trayvon Martin, is still walking around, still waving his shotgun at folks, still doing all kind of foolishness, and nobody thought to – I'm not putting it out there, but I'm just saying, we killing our own, but those who are killing us, we ain't doing nothing. So that's all I'm going to say about that. I don't I don't understand. I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand. But, yeah, it was a walk-up. He was coming out of a motorcycle um, dealer, by motorcycle, and they just walked up and just opened fire on him. I think they said it was three people, had witnesses. They got they got, his, they got him in the car on video. You can look on YouTube and show it. They show that his, his deceased body is in the front seat. It, it's really sad. It's, it's really unfortunate because everybody that's coming against us, we just, you know, locking arms and marching. But, you know, Wow. Okay, so that's that. All right, and then last but not least, of course, everybody 
um, in the world knows that Beyonce and Jay-Z dropped an album on Saturday. You know, they independently dropped another album, and this one is basically, I guess, um, an homage to their now-redeemed and rejuvenized and revamped um, nuptials of marriage. You know, first we had her album, Lemonade, and let the world know that, that Jay-Z cheated, but we kind of already knew that. And then, you know, Jay-Z's 444 came out and let the world know what he was doing and all this kind of stuff. And now they got the new album out there, now the Carters. I mean, I will say the visual for the um, the the song Ape Shit is off the chain. I mean, the visual is off the chain. If they can't do nothing else, they, they, will, they will give you a, a music video. They, they, they're, they're that. Um, I heard the CD. I heard the album. It's on iTunes now. You can go to iTunes and type in the Carters, and it will come up. You know, but my take on it is, you know, I'm not going to say because I don't, I don't want the, the hives to come and shut down the Dante show. I just don't want that to, to happen. But, I mean, you know, I, it, it was cool. It, it's a cool little thing, but I, I anticipate that they got something else uh, coming in the works. You know, I'm not going to say this was the shutdown album of the summer. They came back and they just annihilated the competition and all that kind of stuff. I'm not going to say that, but, you know, it, it, it's solid. But I don't, I don't see no war. That's just me. That's just me, you know. So I'm keeping it real. All right. All right, so y'all ready for this? Here we go. So we're going to talk about, um, you know, just talk about should you spank the child. So like I said, if this is your first time tuning in, go ahead and go to my Facebook page, Dante Morris, and you will see the commentary is already started about the subject, already started about the topic, you know, and chime on it. We're not Facebook friends. Send me a Facebook friend request. I'll definitely um, accept it, and then we're going to get this, to the dialogue. So those of you who are already on Facebook and you um, are listening, spanking your child, yes or no? Go ahead and type yes. Go ahead and type no. Is it a yay or is it a nay? Should you spank? Should you spank? Should you spank? You know, that's, that's my thing with that. Should you spank? Should you spank? Should you spank? And those of you who think you should not, should you a say no? I don't think it's necessary. I think it just perpetuates violence. I think it just gives a child a false sense of security and all kind of stuff. All right. Now, according to the website positiveparenting.com, they say that 94% of three and four year olds have been spanked at least once during the past year. All right. 74% of mothers believe spanking is acceptable for kids ages one through three. Another study says. And then lastly, 61% of parents condone spanking as a regular form of punishment for young children, according to a different study. Now, I've also looked at some other things, and when I bring the guests on, we're going to talk about it. I, I researched it some more just to see, you know, is that based upon race? Yeah, I think certain races, um, you know, spank one of other races, you know, and, and do we look at parents who don't spank their kids as being bad parents or being a soft parent, especially if the child is really just showing that you know what, in the grocery store or whatever the case may be. So, all right, some people are already saying, yes, yes, you know, whoop that, tap it, you know, and then some are saying, no, spanking isn't necessary. Eddie Easton, please do a spell check. I don't know what sparking is. Is sparking like a puppy? You know, what is sparking? Um, yeah, so uh, here we go. Uh, Kiana Shaw, who actually is a life coach and works with young girls, says it depends, and then um, my lot, my frat brother, Joe McClain, says whoop their ass and get them when they're young. Someone said, above you, get them early, and you ain't got to worry um, worry about it, all right? So um, basically, it's, it's all kind of different, you know, it's different it's different uh, takes on this. But I have a, I have two guests uh, on the show tonight, and they're going to uh, chime in. I'm excited to have them both. I'm going to pull the first one on right now. And he gave good commentary on last Saturday. This is a question I posted on Saturday, and it got a lot of 
of responses, a lot of responses. You know, some folks will say, no, it's from a child abuse. It's from a child abuse. Don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. And some people said, hey, I don't see no problem with it. I was spanked as a child. I grew up just fine. All right? So help me welcome tonight to the Dante Show for the very first time, my friend, my brother, Mr. Percy Williams. Percy, what's up, man? Welcome to the show. Hey, hey, how's it going? All right, all right. How are you? I'm doing well, man. Doing well. Glad to be here. Awesome, awesome. Awesome. Glad to have you. Glad to have you. So you, you saw the threads that happened <laughs> and, and and how um make sure your sound is right, Percy, if I gotta I gotta cut you off. I don't wanna lose you. <laughs> you heard the conversation that happened over the weekend and how, you know, passionate people got with the dialogue. It was a lot of exchange. It was a, a lot of well thought out responses you know, well-thought-out responses, but you were like, um, you chimed in with some good dialogue, just some, some well-researched um, articles about spanking and the effects of it. So why don't you chime in and just let everybody know what your thoughts are of spanking. Is it a, a proper form of discipline for a child? Um, it is a form of discipline. Let me be clear. I don't, I'm not in a position to tell anyone what to do or not to do with their children and how to raise them, okay, first and foremost. And I'm not here to tell anybody that they're wrong for doing so. I'm here to simply educate and let people know that there's uh, alternative methods to disciplining your child that can be just as effective or more effective. Um, I studied in uh, psychology and early childhood development. A lot of people don't know this, <laughs> um, but it was – it was mind it was mind blowing for me, and um, it allowed me to look at my childhood and how I was raised and the methods that were used to discipline and correct me. Um, you know, some people say you know hit them, put the fear of God in them. You know, you know that works. That's how my mom taught me how to do it. You know, that's what my mom did. That's what my dad did. Grandma did it. They grabbed the switch and you know they grabbed whatever they can put in their hand. You know and the thing is, is that as we grow up, you know, we we continue those same traditions, you know, because so, people only know what they know, okay? And, you know, a lot of people are not trained in early childhood development. You know, teachers are not even required necessarily to be um, trained in uh, childhood development as they should be. Um, so with that being said, I want to say this. Who does that who does that satisfy? How does how does that work? When you hit a child, okay? When you hit a child, you're trying to correct behavior. But at that point, you're emotional. You're upset, okay? So, is it more of a relief for you or is it about disciplining them because Children are constantly they're constantly learning and taking cues from us, okay? Um, and when you break it down to the development of the human brain, what we're hitting them for, disciplining them for, most of the times I see is because they're not mimicking adult behavior. That's what we're really mad about. Well, how can you expect a child to behave as an adult, number one? Why not use that as a learning experience and exhibit the behavior that you want to see? Now, I'm not saying that you should not spank your child 
And by spank, I mean don't – that doesn't mean beat the hell out of them or continuously hit them, you know, because if you're going to spank, just spank. It, it takes one or two pats. That's it. But most people do it in excess, okay? But if you're going to do it, please, all I'm saying is make it a last resort. And your child is worth you educating yourself on alternative methods of disciplining them. They're constantly watching so, you. They're constantly mimicking you. Go ahead. I'm sorry. So, so I was just. So I'm just. I'm thinking because I'm thinking about my childhood, and and yes, I and I think I think spanking is a cute word um, <laughs> that we're using. I didn't get spanked. I got beat. You know, and I'm not saying beat right. my mother just took me outside with a brick and just bashed my head in. But, you know, it wasn't a light tap saying, no, 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 don't do that. No, it was like, get the bell. You know, we better go to work on this because you did some stuff wrong. You know, and I look at me, and I do not feel traumatized based upon that. But some people, I think they are, when we have these kind of conversations, some people equate spanking to all-out child abuse. You know, and just, you know, just picking up anything. You know, the movie Precious, you know, we can all argue. Well, I'm not going to argue. We can all agree that that Mary, played by Monique, you know, was an abusive mom. You know, she didn't just spank Precious. She, She beat her. She abused her. You know, and I think that is the difference when we think about spanking and some folks fall into that slope of abuse. But if we see a child doing something wrong, are doing something bad, and you grab their, their hands or you see their little legs and you just kind of tap them three or four times, you know, with your hands, say, no, don't do that, some people lo- lose a wig and say, stop beating on that kid. I mean, am, am I right or wrong? Have you seen that? Or what are your thoughts on that, I, that rather? I, 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 I have seen that. And, um, number one, my first suggestion to anyone, if that's your method of discipline, discipline um, my first uh, suggestion is take a minute before you immediately engage that child, you know, take a minute and calm down because at that moment you're in your emotion. And it's, I, I've seen it time and time again. It's, it's, it's very easy to, for, for a couple of taps to turn into repeated taps and a little bit harder taps, you know, and then, yeah, at that point it does become abuse because now you're pretty much getting, you're, you're, you're releasing your anger onto this child. And I, I, can, I can see that. Yeah, I, I, can, I mean, I can, see that. I can see that. I can see that. I can see that. If, your kid, if a kid frustrates you enough and you just get fed up, I know parents that they get just fed up with the kid. If the kid is playing too much or laughing or giggling or not sitting down they want them to, then, yes, I've seen parents that actually take out their frustration with whatever the case may be on the kid. You know, and the kid really has done nothing wrong. That's like I've seen parents that, that raise their voice unnecessarily at the kid. And I hate, I, I hate when parents curse at kids. I hate when they say, you know, right. sit your little badass down. No, don't, don't curse at no kid. Don't do that. But I, I will agree with you when you say that, when you say that a lot of parents, they take it out their frustrations on this kid. And I 100% agree that is wrong. That is wrong. You know, well, and then let me just add this kid. And, then, and let me just read this. Um, you know, the Facebook is, is they they talking about this, but Kiana Shaw just made a very good statement. She said, if you have to spank every day, that isn't a bad kid. That is bad parenting. I agree 100%. Amen. If you gotta, if you got to spank your kid every single day, you know, for something, then, then what are you not doing as a parent when it comes to how you talk to your child? 
you know, are, are the, the the relationship you have with your kids. That that's okay. There we go. Go ahead and dig deep, Percy. Dig deeper. Get your shovel. Go ahead, bro. So so let's let's dig a little bit deeper, and and, and you tell me your thoughts on this once I say it. Let's 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 look at the origins of this. Where where is this coming from? As African American people, what what took place with us in in, in the times of slavery? I mean, we got when we for not doing what should be doing. We got a little bit more than that. But when we when they wanted a specific desired behavior from their slaves, what did they do? They 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 whipped them. They, they definitely they whipped them. Okay. Uh, yeah, I am. I feel so, like because I mean they whipped them down to the white meat. They they whipped them into submission. Right. They beat them into submission. Right. They, they beat them into submission, and that's what a lot of us are doing. See, I've, I've noticed this on on the thread that some people say, well, you know, the reason that these kids are running amok and and that they're and that you know they're doing all this killing and stuff or whatever is because the parents are not beating that ass and you know, okay, actually, I think that's the problem. We're not teaching our kids alternative methods of, of finding solutions to problems. They're learning, they're mimicking what they learn from us. Okay? Um, I told you the story about um, I had a child, you know, that I taught, and the girl had issues. The parent, you know, the mother and the father were going through a divorce. They constantly picked at each other in public, in front of her, um, and she and she was affected by this. As a result, right. she constantly kicked and hit other kids. She lost her temper. And one day she, I was trying to restrain her, and she kicked one of those metal file cabinets. This girl is like six or seven years old. She kicked a metal file cabinet in the corner where it's reinforced and dented it. That's how angry she was. Okay? Hmm. Now, okay. I, started working with, I started working with her therapist and her parents to, just to create consistency. Okay? And this was all done without hitting her. Okay, when she got upset okay. and she lost it, you know, I grabbed her, I hugged her, I calmed her down, I talked, I talked in a low calm voice to her, you know, got her, you know, got her to use her words and explain to me what the issue was, what's the problem, what made her so upset, because now I'm I'm initiating thought, I'm initiating the 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 problem solving process, and she's working through it with me, so now she can use this going forward, okay. In a matter okay. of six months, this girl's complete attitude changed. When she got into conflict with other kids, she learned how to go talk to an adult and let an adult know that somebody did something to her before she reacted. I taught kids uh, meditation techniques where I taught them how to do self-regulation. A lot of kids don't know how to self-regulate. They get anxious and, 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 and jumpy, and, and they don't know how to calm themselves down. So I started doing meditation exercises, breathing exercises with them. And I know to a lot of you this sounds silly and, and is unorthodox. Well, it's not, it's, it's not typical to what you typically do to handle these type of situations, but it works, you know. And this is because and, – and trust me, it sounded silly to me when I was first reading it and learning it, but after applying it and, and seeing it work firsthand, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a firsthand believer. I'm a true believer. True believer. But can it? But, but can it be? Because <laughs> you know, I'm you know, I'm doing I'm I'm doing devil's advocate. I'm doing I'm devil's advocate. Because you know, I I was spanked as a child. You know, I was spanked as a child. My 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 father never spanked me, and my father never spanked my sister ever. 
my, my nobody else in my family ever sang me except except my mom. Like my mom thought she's Joan Crawford or something. But nobody ever touched me except my mom, you know. And and I have a lot of friends and we actually sit and we, we laugh and joke about our parental discipline stories about stuff that happened. You know, stuff when you, you you know, they bring you all in and who did it, if nobody admits it, everybody getting beat. You know, that type that type of stuff. And and I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. And I think that's why I keep keep wondering about that, that fine line between a spank and abuse. You know, a spank and just beating your child for no reason whatsoever, which we can all agree is is one hundred percent wrong. You know, and I and I also hear what you're saying about finding new ways and new strategies and new techniques for, for child discipline, but yet again it's not something that's normal behavior. I'm not even gonna say for, for black people because we you know like when you and I talked on Saturday, you know, the Latino community they have different ways of discipline. You know, the Asian community different ways of discipline. You know, every every ethnicity has a different way that they rear their child when it comes to discipline. You know, but but I think that the argument that many are going to have is, you know, so are you telling me if I don't spank my child when my child does something wrong, you know, how are they going to learn to do things right? You know, or how are they going to know the fire is hot? Or how are they going to respect me as their parent? I think it's all these other underlying issues that we just don't talk about enough to, to unlearn and retrain our thought or our parenting style, you know. That's all. I'm just doing devil's advocate because I totally, I totally get what you're saying. I totally get it. There are some things that your child are going to learn by trial and error, okay, that you cannot prevent or, you know, get in the way of. But then there are teachable moments, you know. Um, you know, my mom had a thing of where my mom very rarely spanked us. I'm going to be honest. My dad was the disciplinary in my family, and he – he, I'm not going to even say borderline abusive. He was abusive, okay, especially towards me. Okay, and I remember that. I remember that, and okay, and I know, and I, I knew the difference even then as a child. My mom would say something to me. She would say, "Don't do this. Don't go down the street or whatever." Okay, and she'll leave it alone. She wouldn't push it. She wouldn't say it more than once. She'd give you that look, and tell you, "Don't do this." Okay, mm-hmm. rarely because I did. I would go and do exactly what she told me not to do, okay? Now, sometimes she spanked me, but then at other times she sat down. You know, like say, for instance, if it were a situation where I did something and I got hurt, you know, and it caused me pain or whatever because of my actions, okay? She already knew that I was in pain or she already knew that I had regret and that I was probably kicking myself in the butt about it. So she she would sit down with me and say, okay, so I told you not to do this, and I explained to you why I didn't want you to do it. So now that you've done it and you see the end result and that I was right, how do you feel or what made you do it? Or, you know, she would talk to me about it, you know, and it would usually be, it would usually be something like, oh, it was peer pressure or my friends talked me into it or it was a dare or this and that, you know, and she asked me, so was it worth it? Was the end result worth it? Who's hurt right now? She would point those things out to me and help me work through it. And most most likely, I didn't go do it again. And some parents, mm-hmm. they don't. They probably never touch their child. They can just look at them and say, "I said, don't do such and such." And just with that look alone, the child didn't do it. 
You'd be surprised right. at the power of, of a parent's disappointment alone in their child. No, Children I agree with always that. They're always seeking approval. They always want to shine that. in front of their parents. That's powerful. Now, what, okay, okay. so, so let's, let's flip it. Let's flip it. Because, you know, what about those kids that, that continually try their parents? You know, because nowadays, you know, a lot of these kids are knowledgeable of the law. They're knowledgeable of what, what they can and cannot get away with. They're knowledgeable of what their parents can and cannot do. And, and they play those games. They play those cards. And they try to, you know, use the I'm going to call the police on you if you touch me with their little chest puffed out and all that kind of stuff. You know, and the kid is bad. I think we fail to realize that there are some kids out there that, that do need higher levels of discipline. I'm not saying shake the hell out of them and throw them against the wall, but they need higher levels. And if you're a parent who is not skilled in, in, in early childhood development, because you, you got to go to work every single day, you know, how does that parent learn how to deal with that kid? Because we're not taught that. Okay. Parents aren't, parents aren't taught that. They're not given that skill set. They're not given a manual of if your kid acts this way, this is what you do. Parents, parents, parents based upon how they were parented. They either go against 100% what their parents did for them, or they say the same thing. It worked for me. It's going to work for you, you know. Well, this is, this is where that thing, you know, that's called parenting kicks in, you know, um, because to me, I think part, partially I think that spanking is lazy parenting. Not completely, but partially I think it's lazy parenting because it's, it's a quick answer and, and yields quick results but can also yield long-term damage, okay? Now, this is where you start parenting. Yeah, there are kids out there that are smart, and there are kids out there that, um, you know, have some serious behavior issues. But mm-hmm. you need to do your research. Some kids, if it's repetitive behavior and you see, you see a trend, I think it's time to bring in professional help, and a lot of people don't believe in this. But your kids deserve that. They deserve somebody looking at them and saying, hey, you know what, maybe it's not just you. Maybe there's something else going on here that we need to get to the root of, okay? Because it's not always they're just bad. Or what, one, of the, one of the most famous ones I'm, I'm, I'm used to hearing is, oh, they just want attention. What? Who wants to get that? Right, well, I hear that. Right. So we always hear that. But there's a lot of stuff going on. You have children who may be, may be being molested outside of the home because parents are so busy these days and ain't got time, and they work, you know, they, they work these long days and long shifts and stuff, but they, 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 they just can't make time for their children at all. So the only time they see their children is at, at the dinner table and when they're saying goodnight. But they never stop and say, how did your day go? What did you do? Who did you encounter? They don't ask these questions. But kids are out there being abused, either by an adult, either by another child. You got kids who are kids who are molesting kids. Okay, so that is true. When your child that is true. The door, they're exposed to the world, and they are without your protection. So you don't know who they're encountering, what they're doing to them, and what's and and and, and, and as, as a result, these kids start displaying certain behaviors. A lot of people don't know a child who is constantly uh, urinating or or or, or uh, you know boobooing on himself or whatever. Those are those are some telltale signs of molestation. But a lot of parents don't know that because 
they don't do the research or they they don't they they don't want to do the homework. They just get frustrated or they don't even seek help. Now don't get me wrong, I don't expect anybody to know this stuff. But I do expect them to do research. If you've gone to college, you've gone to high school, elementary school or whatever, you've had to do your homework and you've had to do your research. Your child is no different. They're no different. They need okay. you. All right. I'm, I'm sorry. Heard I get right. passionate. No, we, we, I know. It's in your voice. We're going we to pull on call right now. We're going we gonna to get called on, uh, on the show. Here we got to say about this. You know, all right, everybody. So in addition to Percy, we got um, Cole Williams going to come on to the show and give his um, thoughts about not to spank or not to spank. Child Discipline 101. But before I pull Cole on, we're going to have a quick commercial break. Let me do my community shout-outs. You know how we do on the Dante Show. I'm all about black business, black community, black empowerment. Recycle black dollars. So this is what we're going to do. Let's see. Who do I have on my list? Of course, we got Eddie's Edibles. Listen, if you are all about desserts, all about having cupcakes and cakes and pies and peach cobbler and, and, and pudding and all kind of stuff, I'm a Bill Cosby voice. I still love Bill Cosby. Forget what y'all say. All right, if you end up having desserts, and he even does meal prep, check out Eddie's Edibles on Facebook. Go to Facebook, type in Eddie's Edibles, and get your order in. Summertime is coming. Backyard, backyard barbecue is about to happen, all that kind of stuff. Check out Eddie's Edibles, all right? And then while you're eating your Eddie's Edibles, also reach out to the Can Van. Look, the Can Van is a mobile marijuana dispensary, okay? Listen, all money is money. So if you like your marijuana, your hashish, your ganja, your whatever you want to call it, you know, check out the Can Van. Go to Facebook, type in the Can Van. The Can Van is a mobile, mobile marijuana dispensary. They will come to your door, okay? They will come to your door with your treat. You don't have to get in your car. You ain't got to leave. You ain't got to do nothing. They will come to your door, all right? So they have all kind of weedologists and, and butt tenders that can give you a breakdown of what you need and bring your product directly to you, okay? And then, while you're eating your edibles and munching on your, 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 your cannabis, whatever, you know, Reach out to Lush Bartending Service, all right? So type in Lush on Facebook, Lush Bartending Service. They are a mobile bartending service. That means they bring the bar to your house. So listen, like I said, summer season, backyard barbecues, cookouts, fish fries, all kind of stuff. You can get Lush Mobile Bartending Service to come out with the bar. You ain't got to go to Costco, BevMo, Smart and Final, nothing. They're going to bring everything you need. They're going to come set up shop, and y'all going to drink yourself into oblivion while you're eating your Eddie's Edibles, wrapping up a cupcake, and smoking on your bud. If that's not a backyard party, I don't know what is. And then once the munchies kick in, guess who you call? Steph Sims. Ooh la la toffee. Yes. O O O L A L A toffee. Steph Sims, the owner of Ooh La La Toffee, she makes some of the best toffee you will ever have in your entire life. And guess what? She ships all over the world. Homemade toffee made with love. She got toffee, they got bacon in it, toffee, they got all kind of nuts. Toffee just made with sea salt. Come on now, you you can't you can't miss. Don't sleep on Ooh La La Toffee. All right, so that's that's our shout we got. Lush, mobile bartending service. Okay, boom. Get your backyard party popping with Lush. We got the can van. Get your weed delivered. Get your weed. De- you hear me, Smokey? Get your weed delivered. 
We got Eddie's edibles, pies, cakes, cobblers, meal prep. He can cater your wedding, cater your baby shower, your bar mitzvah. He can even cater your funeral. For those who like to plan ahead, go ahead and get your funeral menu ready. If you're a control freak like me, you want to have a say over everything. I want folks to eat this and this and this, all right? Listen, take control of your life. And then we got ooh-la-la toffee, ooh-la-la toffee, O-O-O-L-A-L-A toffee. That's my girl, Steph Sim. And then, of course, make sure to check out the Dante Show on Facebook. Go click like, follow the Dante Show, and then go to my website, www.dantemorrison.com, www.dantemorrison.com. Go ahead and support your boy. It's all about community because, as we all know, it takes a village. And we can't keep talking about recycling black dollars if we're not going to support black businesses. All right? So here we go. Back to the show. We got Percy, and now we're bringing it to the Dante Show Cole Williams. Cole, welcome to the show, man. Man, I'm glad to be here. Can you guys hear me? Yes, sir. Loud and clear, bro. Loud and clear. Welcome to the yeah. Dante show. All right, so Cole, you've been listening. Off. Go ahead, go ahead, Cole. Go ahead, go ahead. Listen. First of all, I've been on, I've been on mute, so you know I'm 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 amped up and I'm ready to go. So uh, so part part of the Dante <laughs> for me is that. I'm operating out of a couple of hats because um, in my, my background is in social work. Um, so I, I work with families who've had children removed from their homes. Um, I'm a former foster and adoptive parent where I foster and adopted seven sons and a bio parent and a stepfather. So I have all these hats that I wear. So when we're talking about children, um, this speaks very um, heavily to the to my experience as a, as a parent uh, and then growing up with a mother who had some old school philosophy. So everything that you and Percy were saying was right on point. So I'm I'm really amped and ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Sam, go ahead. It's all you. Yeah. So I I think one of the things that as I'm listening to um, Percy talk, you know, it's really difficult for us to have you know a paradigm shift in terms of our thinking as it relates to this whole concept of do we discipline? I mean, do we spank? Do we beat um, our children? And I, I think it it definitely takes a paradigm shift in our thinking to sort of look at things very differently than what we're used to thinking um, and what we're used to doing. Um, and I, I've realized, even as a parent um, of, of sons who've come from some very extreme traumatic um, experiences, everything that happened inside my home, I was set off. I was triggered. So it wasn't anything. It was nothing for me to, to, to pop off and go off, depending on the situation that came um, I, I came in contact with. Not only that, that I'm, I'm an alpha male. And so I've got sons in my home cussing me out, yelling at me, and I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute, I pay the bills. The, when you open up the refrigerator and you see the light bulb, that means I paid the electric bill. So I'm going in 24-7. I have a parenting script that I use. And it was mm-hmm. it was only until I started discovering, man, that part of what was happening in my home was uh, I was operating out of fear. So I do know that stress impacts what happens to parents. Um, when they're interfacing um, behavior that they are not comfortable with. And, man, I was I was triggering my sons. My sons were triggering me. And I'm telling you everything that I wanted to do, um, I wanted to put my hands on them because that's what I learned from my mother. So everything that you guys have been talking about is, is relatable, and it's, it's something that many parents have experienced. And so the concept of even talking to, you know, utilizing some of Percy's concepts around, um, meditation and taking some step backs, and even even we tell kids to count to ten. Adults don't even do that, right? 
And so I really learned in my in my role as a uh, a parent is that it really so much is about us. You know, so many times we we hear that when you become a father, when you become a parent, it's about your children. It really is about you um, because everything that goes on with your children is, is really about how you respond and you react. And I'm a firm believer that spanking without a relationship is abuse. That's just how I feel about it. You know, if there is no relationship tied to it, it, it becomes difficult to learn the lesson. And so I think what I've discovered is it's really important that parents um, really take some intentional quality time to build relationships with their children. Because if there's a relationship in there and you have to spank, the spanking doesn't supersede the relationship. But if they're spanking and there's no relationship, then the only thing that the child has is the spanking. And that becomes the relationship and the connection to the parent. And I think that's where, as parents, we, we might have to take some steps back and sort of say, you know what, wait a minute, what's going on with me? And I think that's a question sometimes we don't tend to ask ourselves. Um, so that, that's, that's sort of some of the thoughts that, you know, I've sort of been thinking about as we listen to you guys talk. And I agree with that, and I like how you really put, put ownership of everything back onto the parent's lap. And I think that was discussed earlier, basically. If we have this um, – if there's this overly aggressive and, and somewhat out-of-control manic behavior – that the parent has where they resolve every issue with a belt or some form of physical discipline, then, yes, the parent needs to look at themselves and, and look at, you know, what was passed down, what kind of behavior was passed down. I love how um, Joe McClain, he shared a story earlier. Uh, let me go back. I'm trying to find it. It was about his nephew. Um, let me read what he said. He says, years ago I went home. My sister's son was acting out for weeks in school and at home. I came to his class and sat in there the whole day. He was trying to be a big man and talk smack to his mama and call himself jumping at her. When we got home, I told him to knuckle up. Wasn't going to hit him because I know he wasn't going to swing, but after that he turned to a brainiac and model citizen, you know, and I think that's all about that village mentality. You know, it's like, oh, okay, so you want to act out in school, I'm going to take a day and I'm going to go to school with you and I'm going to sit right there with you and let's see, let's see how bad you are then. And then I look, because my uncles used to always do that to me as well. My uncle Daryl, he would, like, stand in front of me and just square up and say, you bad, what you want to do? He was never going to hit me. I, I, at the time, I thought he was, but he wasn't going to hit me. But it made me kind of step back and rethink some of my decisions, you know. And, and I, I will agree that sometimes the belt, you know, our physical abuse, most definitely is the absolute last resort if the parent is doing it from the wrong state of mind, you know. But will you and will you will you can you attest to this? You know, um, both of y'all can chime in. Uh, Cole, are, are is, is communities of color under so much pressure and stress from the outside world that parenting a a in need of a lot of discipline attention child more difficult? Uh, uh, absolutely, and I don't even think it's so much of the pressure from the outside world because. From our families and the experiences that I've had with families that I work with, we tend to not let the outside world even in our home. So we we are we are very um, we share with our children. Don't you let those people in our house? Uh, we don't talk about the things that go on in our home, so we don't reach out for services like Percy um, mentioned. So a lot of it is actually in our homes. It's in our family structure. It it's been passed down that you know the the real issues are within us. And I think what has to happen is that. What's missing is a, a trust. It's a trust of the community, trusting 
um, mental health practitioners and services um, that these folks can come in and provide the support of the kind of support that we need in our homes. And I can tell you, I received with many of my sons. We had in-home, out-of-home therapists. I went to you know so many different agencies um, trying to get services. Many of my sons were on psychotropic medications because of um, their behavior, and there, there were so many things that I had to learn within that process. Um, as it relates to, you know, do I trust the system to do what I need them to do in terms of supporting my children, or do I rely on the information that's been passed down from my family and my neighbors? Because, again, sometimes what happens is that we get judged within our own community, and so I might not reach out for support and services because of the type of judgment that I might receive from my, my mother who operated out of an old-school philosophy. So even within our own sectors, our supportive um, family members can deter us from reaching out for support. Or, and if we do do that, sometimes there's this feeling of isolation because now look what you've done to your child. You've allowed them to get on medication. And so there is just, uh, I think there's a, a plethora of issues and challenges that come with raising children. And not only that, Dante, children and parents, that's very personal. And so anytime a parent is told something that is goes against what they believe um, that's best for their children, they the, the walls go up, um, and so I think that there is there isn't a manual for parenting. There's a plethora of information that's related to all of the types of parents experiences that parents might come in contact with, and again, sometimes we we go to mechanics, we go to um, grocery stores where we get things that we need. The thing that we don't do is that we don't go into parenting classes and we don't take those types of um, options unless. We've, had, we've been put in a position where we have to. And so I think that part of this, too, is really us saying that we want to educate ourselves on what's best for our children. Right. Um, and I think when we begin to operate out of that, then you, you, you begin to see um, the paradigm shift change. But until we, we, we say we need support, we need help, and, and be okay with that and not personalize it, our children end up getting hurt. And, I, and, I, and if you look at I know I'm not sure if you will follow me, I don't know if you're on Facebook or not, but a lot of the uh, comments that's going on with my uh, with the talk on tonight has to do with the village mentality, and you kind of touched on that a little bit when you said that you know we have this you know growing up you know what happens in this house stays in this house don't let anybody know what goes on up in here. But then a lot of us were raised by the neighborhood, you know, like I was raised you know in Carson on Gunlock. Every parent on Gunlock had access to every child on Gunlock, you know, and it was just how we were brought up. But I don't see that anymore nowadays, and and there seems to be some kind of shift or a disconnect. And I don't know if it has to do with because if you a lot of times you see a parent nowadays telling somebody else, "Don't talk to my child like that. Don't you don't pop my child. You don't tell my child what to do," and the child is standing right there, you know. So the kid is hearing their mother go off on another adult when they're trying to tell him, you know, yo, don't touch that like that or, or don't do that, and then the, the parent jumps nutty, don't talk to my kid, you're not his parent. So then the kid has this mentality towards other adults, like you can't tell me nothing, you're not my mama. You know, and well, so, so when, it, when it comes to that village type thing, what are your thoughts on that? Or what can we do to get that back? Dante, you just said something so profound. You used a very important word that is probably the most common word used in everything. You just said mama. What we don't say is father. And so I think that when fathers go missing, or someone just said to me today, um, fathers are taken, then that really becomes the, the issue because 
really authority starts with a male figure. And uh, all of my research and my work um, that we currently do in prisons with fathers is that when the father is not present, when the male healthy figure isn't in the community, if he's not, if we've got 20 homes on a block and there's only one man on that block that lives in that neighborhood, then we've got a problem. If boys are entering into spaces and homes and daughters are coming back home and they open up a closet and there are no items that represent a man in terms of how he dresses, what he does, what he looks like, if there's no image of him anywhere, if we don't see him in schools, we don't, we don't see him in the places where we, we, where we commune, then for me it says that he's not in existence. And so I say until we're intentional about recognizing men in our communities and moving men back into those communities, we're gonna we're gonna continually see what we're seeing now, and it's nothing against mothers, but I do believe that mothers have been doing this for far too long, and I think that they need support. And in order to get that support, there needs to be an equal balance. If there, if a father cannot be present based on some of his choices, then I think that what we have to do is we have to begin to really be intentional in finding men, um, healthy men who can step into some of these roles. But I think what's happening is is that there are no there are no men in our neighborhoods. And I think that when they and when they are there, um, and they are present, you will see children flocking to them because, and we can see that in early in early childcare. If a, if a man shows up and uh, to drop off his children, sometimes children gravitate to this man. We see it in prisons, we're seeing it in jails, we're seeing it in juvenile, and we're seeing it in our schools. And so I think that that's one of the reasons when we talk about community, if we aren't visible, if we're not being intentional in recognizing the presence of men and the contributions that they bring to the table, then I think that's the biggest issue that we're faced with. Fathers have to show and can up. We, can, and that might and be I just want to, you know, and I think there's a, I think, you know, I'm just going to throw this out there. I think there's a difference between having men present and having fathers present. You know, because the neighborhood that I grew I, up in, there were, there were a lot of men there, you know, um, but not a lot of fathers. You know, there were yeah. not a lot of dads. You know, and, you know, just, just all around the block, we saw saw men all day. Most of them were in gangs or whatever the case may be, you know, but we didn't see a lot of fathers in the homes helping to raise up their kids. But we were seeing men come and go all the time. You know, I think that we need to understand right. it. You know, there, there's a difference. I think father, the presence of a father makes a huge difference, a, a huge difference. Absolutely. And if a father can be present, then I think – go ahead, Dante. I'm sorry. No, no, you can finish too because there's another uh, question that came up on the thread I'm going to throw out there too. Yeah. Yeah, I was just going to say, and if a father can't be present for whatever reason because the relationship didn't work, then that's where that co-parenting piece comes in. And if the father still can't be present, then that's what we, we have to really look at. And I use the word healthy. Um, healthy men make healthy choices that create healthy spaces and safe spaces for children. And so I think that's, that's another angle that we have to look at, too, that sometimes we don't. I agree. I agree. Chris Petit asked a question. He said, how do we deal with our children in a non-physical, non-violent way when our schools and police practice physical punishment and detention? How do we intercede there? You know, at school, it well, is school and on the streets and all that is one type of lifestyle, and they're usually at school more than they're at home or more than they're around their parents so, or, or out in the streets, whatever the case may be. You know, and I think that could be a be a challenge, you know, because you can't go to the school and say, yo, don't do this to my kid because the school is like, we got rules. If your kid messes up, this is going to happen. 
Well, I think that goes back to parenting, too, because the school also has a policy and procedure handbook. And so uh, parents also have to recognize the power of their voice and that collectively when you have, when you're collectively involved in something, you can, you can, you can definitely make change. So I think that's one aspect of it. But I also think that um, what parents can do is build relationships with their children. And I, I, that was something as a dad I really had to learn how to do. Um, I had to balance going to work full time, coming home and preparing these meals and all these other things that would sustain and keep our home um, up and running. But I didn't necessarily understand the importance of building that relationship. And I think part of this, too, is that if everywhere I go, it's dangerous. The one place I must go that should feel safe should always be my home. And nowadays, children are trying to get away from home because, similar to what Percy described, parents are, are stretched. They, they, they might be home, but they might be emotionally, they're not, they're not there. So I think that one of the things that parents can do to combat what we're seeing in our communities, in our schools, and in our streets is that we have to be, again, intentional in developing those relationships with our children the same way we would develop relationships with our partners. That requires taking time to spend with them. That requires being um, non-judgmental and listening to our children. That requires making sure that we recognize their presence when they enter into the space, that we're in, um, intentional with all of those things that build healthy, great relationships with our partners. Our children are pretty similar in the same way. And so that's what I, I've learned with raising sons that come from backgrounds of trauma. I really had to build a safe space for them to walk into. And I think that parents can do that if they're really intentional about sustaining and maintaining that relationship. I agree. Well, I, think, I, 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 think, I think it's worth I want to jump person. in and say this real quick. And I don't want to stop you, Cole, because you were on a good, you were on a good role and made some good points. Um, I want to say this, too. Keep in mind that just as well as the parents and are stretched, the teachers are stretched because you don't have parents going up to the schools anymore and being involved in their, in their, their children's lives in that, in that way. So, you know, it's pretty much the teachers are not only being teachers, they're also being parents to all these students because the only time you may see a parent, if you see them then, is at a major school event or something like that. But you don't have a lot of parents communicating with teachers, talking about lesson plans, talking about behavior, and, and so forth. So the important key there is to make sure that there's consistency across the board from, uh, from the school setting to the home setting and so forth. You know, wherever your child is visiting, the, the, how you discipline, how, what you're working on, that, that, that communication needs to take place, and it's, and it's key because then you're getting back into that village mentality because, you know, I, I looked on the thread, you know, one of, one of your guests said the village doesn't exist anymore. He's absolutely right. It does not exist anymore. But you can create your own, you know, and, and that, that's encompassed around your own child and your own family and communicate and, and work with these different people that are involved in your child's life. Okay, back to you, Cole. Well, I think you summed it up. Because at the end of the day, what we're talking about is relationship building. Some of, the, some of our most right. successful people, you, what makes them successful is their ability to network. Parents have to learn how to use that networking strategy with their children. It, takes, it definitely takes a community, but in order for that to be really, truly effective, it requires us building relationships. Okay. And then, you know, I want to chime in. Uh, Kiana just said, you know, she, she agrees so true. You know, parents don't even want to want to get out, um, get out of the car and walk their kids inside the school anymore. She has several parents tell their kids to walk in with her. 
and, you know, Kiana has a little girl, and it's like these are little kids, and it's like, come on, parents, you know, start, start, come on, parents, start early with your child. Let the child know. And then, you know, Shantae, you know, she says she's very active at her son's school, and she do see other parents um, involved as well. So I guess it's all about where you're at, what school your child goes to, you know, and I know Shantae, Shantae both Shantae and Kiana are very involved in their kids' um, lives, you know, as far as school, hanging out with them, all kind of stuff, you know, Mommy Sunday, Mommy Daughter Day, all that kind of stuff. So I do know there are some people, I know a lot of parents who really use the school as just a babysitting thing. You know, they, they can't wait to drop their kids off at of school, so they ain't got to be bothered with them. And I think that's the problem. You know, um, parents, you need to be a little bit more. I don't know if they still have active PTAs in school, but it makes no sense that, that so many kids feel so little support when it comes to their school and what they're doing at school and all that kind of stuff. I think it matters that we show our presence there. Um, there needs to be some kind of strategy on how do we work with the schools to better raise our children. And I think parents will also be shocked if they really found out what the schools don't have to do, what they don't have to teach, what they don't have to instruct. But it's such a detachment now that I'm seeing with parents and schools and all that, that needs to be be fixed and resolved because your kid may not be getting what they need at school and you don't understand why because you're not involved. That's just my little school side side turn. went down the side (laughs) shoes. No, that that was I, I think that <laughs> I think that was great, man. Because one of the other things that we I think we have to recognize about some parents who who might not um, operate out of that is that sometimes parents are operating out of deficits. You know, some people think that because we you, a parent has a child that they should be equipped to do all of the things that some other parents are doing. But the reality of it is is that you know a lot of parents. Now I won't say a lot. But there are a majority of parents that are operating out of their own deficits, and so it becomes very difficult to be able to say, "Hey, I don't know how to do this." And so, and if I say I don't know how, who's going to judge me? Because a lot of times, a lot of this is about judgment um, and 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 shame. You know, to 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 be ashamed, to be a parent and be shamed that that takes on a whole another um, avenue too. So I really think that right. as as a community, especially when parents are struggling, that we also have to, to you know, create some space for grace and mercy and, and really begin to support some of our parents who might be struggling in, in, that, in, that, in that realm. It, it's just, that's just Love the thought it. that I have. No, I think that, that's real talk. And I think, I think tonight's conversation has been awesome. I mean, it's, you know, we can keep going, but, you know, for the sake of time, I want to just, you know, let people know. First of all, you listen to, to two dudes that chimed in talking about parenting, you know, and I think that is important. That is really important because we always hear women talk about parenting and how to be a better mom, yada, yada, yada. But these are two men talking about, hey, we got to we got to do better when it comes to how we discipline our kids. Don't just be beating your kids for the sport of it because he happened to step on your toe. Now he gets a full-on beating. Or because he fell down and got grass stains on his jeans, that's a beating. I mean, we, we can't do stuff. We, we, we can't. We cannot do stuff. Parents, wake up. And the next time you get mad at your kid, pause and say, why am I so upset? Why am I so mad? Is it something that happened at work? Is there a bill that's due that you don't have the money to pay? Is your car giving you trouble? Can you not afford the Beyonce and Jay-Z concert tickets? I mean, what is the reason why you are so upset? And when you look at your kid, you want to just go off, you know. And I think that, you know, some things to do instead of spanking is get calm. You know, calm down. 
Just take some time to breathe. And Percy talked about it. He talked about breathing techniques for kids to help them to get centered. Well, parents, guess what? You need to do some breathing techniques too. Download the Calm app on your phone and get you some Zen moments. Take time for yourself. Be kind but firm. You know, and Kiana always posts conversations that she has with her daughters where she talks about, you know, me and Kayla were talking. Like her and Kayla went to school together, but me and Kayla were talking, and I, I want to hear what she has to say, and we wanna, I want to understand her thoughts on certain things. Be kind but firm with your children, you know, and let the kids know that they have logical, logical consequences, all right? Everything should not be, if you do this, I'm going to beat your ass. That should not be the answer for everything. Logical consequences. Let your kids understand that this is what can happen if I do the wrong thing, okay? But work with your kids. Work with your kids to become a better product of you because your kids are a reflection of you. Whatever your kid is doing, they got it through, through genetics. It's a piece of you that's doing that. So withdraw from com- conflict and, you know, inform your kids ahead of time. And one thing, and this, this used to be a good joke that we always hear, you know, that comedians give, and I'm sure that Cole and Percy probably remember this. When you get out of the car with your mama and y'all finna walk in the store, your mama say, don't touch nothing, don't ask for nothing, because I'm not buying nothing. I'm giving you a ahead of time warning so that you can avoid any negative consequences that may occur if you touch something or ask me to buy you something. Give your kids the opportunity to make the right decision. You know, that, that, that's all I'm saying. All right, Cole, Percy, y'all got any closing comments? I think you guys were awesome on tonight. Awesome. Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you. Go ahead. You go first, Percy. Oh, for sure. No, 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 it's okay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, I think think this was a great conversation. It was definitely necessary because I think it was a good reminder for everyone on the thread how we have to get that village back. We got to get that village back. You know, it, it's missing. And, and we have to help these, these young mothers. You know, we got a lot of young mothers nowadays. We got a lot of mothers out there that's trying to be friends to their kids and growing up with their kids and all that kind of stuff. To let them realize, you know, just because you saw Big Mama beating everybody does not mean that's the best parenting method for you. You know, you don't have to do that because so much of it is learned behavior. It's just learned behavior. That's how my grandma did it, when my mama did it. I'm going to do the same thing. No, learn how to have conversations with your child. Your child is a human being with a mind, with thoughts, with actions, with decisions. They, they can rationalize and you talk to them the right way. And I think this was just so important. And you two really dropped some knowledge. I think you dropped some knowledge. And I also think you made some parents feel a little bit guilty about some of the stuff that they probably are doing with their kids because they're not taking those moments to just get themselves centered before they have a conversation with, with little man. You know, a little mom. And let me just just reiterate, Dante, it's it's not not to shame, and this is important, it's not to shame parents, it's to educate and let them know that there are are alternatives out there at their their grasp, you know, and that's it. I'm not an expert or professional in parenting. You know, I, I don't even have kids of my own, but I did raise my nieces and nephews, that's for damn sure. (laughs) <laughs> but you know, exactly. I, I will. I will. Yeah, we're we're here to help each other. Not, I'm not here to attack anyone or judge anybody for their methods. Um, I'm here to help as much as I can. Please, anybody, 
everybody, if you have the chance, um, I put a couple of links on there, um, some psychological studies on children by uh, uh, Jean Piaget um, and Abraham Maslow and Freud. Please take some time and look at those studies and un- love and that, love that. Thank thought. you, Percy. Thank you, Percy. Go, go ahead, Cole. Go ahead. Yeah, I would say my last thought too is, and I think I think I heard you say it earlier, is parents really have to begin to take care of themselves. You know, with all of the things that I think parents are struggling with trying to manage, um, it really becomes difficult for parents to to practice real self-care. And I can tell you from the work that I do with parents, that's probably the last thing on their list. They're so busy pouring into everything and everybody that they forget to take the opportunity to pour back within themselves. And I say that anybody that's half empty is irresponsible because it becomes very difficult to be the best parent you can be to make the best sound decisions for your children when you are empty. And so part of filling yourself back up is really working and doing some of those things that are important for you, reestablishing some goals, um, because then we become the models of what we talk about. So if you set a goal, then your children will set a goal. If you set a goal and and your children see you setting a goal and accomplish it, then it becomes something um, livable, because now I see my mother and father do it so that I know it's possible. But if parents aren't doing those things to model this stuff, it becomes really difficult for children to um, practice it. And I think, Dante, you said again earlier, a lot of this is, is behavior. So if we practice good modeling, we will see different behaviors in our children. Definitely, definitely. I, I love that. I love that. I think that is a, a great thing for the parents to remember, you know, as, as we wrap up tonight's show, you know, modeling behavior. You know, how do you want your kids to act, you know, and, and they got to see you. And I was talking to a friend the other day, and it's like, you know, some of us, we grew up with stuff that back in the day we considered normal, you know, but now we're learning that it was nothing but domestic violence. You know, you having a family function or whatever, and your auntie starts fighting her boyfriend. They fighting each other, and everybody just sitting back laughing, like, oh, my God, there they go again. No, that's domestic violence. And we sitting and witnessing it and watching it and normalizing it. So when we get older and we get into these volatile relationships, we're like, well, this is what we grew up doing. This, this means that we just together. This is how, how relationships is. That's not, that's not how it needs to be. So you're right. We've got we to gotta do better and begin to unlearn some of those things that we are pouring down into our children. And let our kids know their values, they're validated, and, and, and beating is, not, is never a resort. I'm not going to say a last resort. It's never a resort because kids are not stupid. And if you talk to them, they'll get it, especially when they start seeing your face change <laughs> and you take away them cell phones all that kind of stuff. They'll, they'll understand 100%. 100%. So, Cole, thanks so much, man. I'm glad that um, Percy um, pulled you onto the show and you found time to be a part of this. Are you? What city are you in? Where are you at? I'm in, uh, located in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Okay. Look at that. Look at that. we got the Midwest. <laughs> we got the yeah, Midwest. So the it's, it's already tomorrow <laughs> where you at. Already tomorrow. So happy yeah, Tuesday to you, yeah. bro. <laughs> Thank you. Thank I don't know if you're on social media, man, but, yeah, but connect with me on Facebook. I, I would love to have you back on the show again to further this conversation. You know, probably in a few months we visit it, see if parents are, have gotten better and all that kind of stuff. But I appreciate you taking the time <laughs> to come out and just, just dialogue with me, man. So definitely find me on Facebook, bro. Thank you. For Thank sure, you. We'll for do, sure. We'll do. No, no doubt, no doubt. All right, everybody, so listen, you know, this week's episode was fire. I think it was great. I think that we all learned something. I mean, one big group hug because we are a village. The Dante Show is nothing but a village. We come together, we learn together, we laugh together, we cry together like the OJs. We grow together, and that's what it's all about. You know, each one 
teach one, you know, and it really takes a village because all y'all kids are my kids, period. You know, they're my kids too, and I love them like you love them, all right? So some upcoming events. This is what's going on tomorrow. So for those that don't know, I oversee a program at APLA Health called Healthy Him. So if you're on Facebook, go to Facebook and type in Healthy Him. Those of you who live in L.A., you probably have seen me on the back of um, some buses, seen me inside the trains, you know, the Healthy Him guys. And what these guys are all about is just building a community, a safe space for young men of color, gay, straight, bisexual, they don't care. It's for young men of color, and we do all kinds of activities and events throughout the week. Monday night, we got a hip-hop dance class that's free. Tuesday night, we do yoga that's absolutely free. Anybody can come. If you want to do yoga, come out on Tuesday night. We provide the mats. We provide the water. We provide the yoga instructor, the music, everything we got there on the spot. No excuses. We do free HIV and STD testing. Our medical clinic is a a, a bomb establishment. <laughs> you get medical and dental services, you know, at free or low cost for anybody. But on tomorrow, we are having an expungement event, all right, an expungement event. So if you are someone you know has a criminal charge that they would like to get expunged on tomorrow from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m., APLA's Healthy Him Program, go Dante, is having an expungement workshop. Basically, Prop 47 is the initiative reduce the classification of most non-serious and non-violent property and drug crimes from a felony to a misdemeanor, all right? It will be facilitated by Pepperdine University's Legal Aid Clinic, all right? So listen, if you got a record, if you know somebody that has a record, send them over to APLA Health on tomorrow between 11 a.m. and 2 p.m., for our expungement workshop. They can get their record expunged. They can get that felony reduced. And you all know that those felony charges hinder your ability to get a job, okay? So this is a very important event. Don't sleep on it. Do not sleep on it. Refer somebody over. Let people know about it. Our address is APLA Health 3741 South La Brea Avenue in the city of L.A., 3741 South La Brea Avenue in the city of Los Angeles, Basically, we're in the Baldwin Hills area, the Baldwin Hills area, more officially known as the jungle, all right? So if you know somebody that can benefit from this, send them on over to my job on tomorrow. They can also get a free HIV test. You know, we have the Healthy Him Checklist. The Healthy Him Checklist is you make $50, $50 if you are a young man of color between the ages of 18 and 30. You get $50 for getting an HIV test, an STD screening, and sitting with a PrEP counselor to learn about PrEP, just to hear about it. We ain't saying get on it. You ain't got to take it. Just sit and be educated about PrEP. And I'm going to do a show about PrEP for all those who are still wondering what PrEP is, what PrEP is not, what PrEP is about. PrEP is a drug that you take. It's once a day, one pill a day, that will decrease your chance of contracting HIV by up to 98%. All right? I'm going to do a show about that because I want everybody to be in the know to decrease your chance of contracting HIV. It is just like women that take birth control. You take that prep, no HIV. To thing, to tongue, to toe. All right, all right, y'all. So that's that's what's going on tomorrow. Okay, so make sure to check out the Dante Show live on Facebook every Thursday at 7:30 p.m. I go live on Facebook live. I have interviews. I talk to people. I'm I'm out in the city doing different events and whatnot. But just check me out on Wednesday. Make sure to visit my website, DanteMorrison.com, where you can get copies of both of my books, The End of the Rainbow and Yesterday Clarified. Both are page turners. You will love it. It's full of sex, drama, romance, comedy, 
intrigue, who done it. It's all kind of stuff in my books. Make sure to check them out, all right? But again, just visit my website, learn more about what I do. And as you guys know, every week I love to close out the show with a favorite song or a song that takes me back. You know, this week's song, this week's song is something that all of my 80s heads will know. So if you are a 70s baby or before, you are going to know this song. You're going to rock with this song. You're going to be like, oh, my God, I remember that song. But I used to listen to this song every day or listen to this album, no, this cassette every day at Curtis Junior High School in Mr. Hester's science class. He was the coolest teacher at Curtis Junior High School in Carson, and he played this cassette every single day in his science class because he believes that letting us listen to music will make us smarter and more focused on the class. So with that being said, I'm going to close out tonight's show with Renee and Angela, You Don't Have to Cry, Cry, Cry. All right, everybody. So stay blessed, and until next week, I will talk to you then.
you hold. 